Welcome, everybody, to the Landmark 175th episode of the DC Comics News uh, Podcast. I'm Brad Flicky, and with me uh, today is the Geekipedia himself, the amazing Steve J. Ray. How you doing, Steve? I'm very well, thank you, my brother. Always good to be here with you, talking about the good stuff. And we do have some good stuff today. A lot of good news uh, coming out. So uh, we're going to just jump right into to the movie news. Uh, we got news that James Gunn has turned in his first draft of the Superman legacy script. Uh, and this is very important, given the strike that has just started. Uh, what, do, what do you think of this? It's double good news for Superman fans and more than just one Superman with this week's news. Um, This is brilliant. And the fact that James Gunn, who seems to be extremely prolific because he pulled the scripts for Peacemaker out of the air really, really fast. I mean, that series from announcement to pre-production to to rap was hugely quick. So the fact he's got the first draft of a full movie ready and like you said, before the writer's strike goes in full swing, just gives me a lot of hope. That means that there's inspiration there. He wanted to write this script. He knew what he wanted, to, the story he wanted to tell. So that just fills me with hope. Um, just like Superman's S-Shield and Seth Singleton's pure bravado always does, it just fills me with hope. So it's great news. I mean, how, how can you not be happy about that? I mean, what did you make of it? I am thrilled because I'm wondering how this strike is going to affect this new batch of DC movies and TV uh, you know, if you look back at the strike that happened in 2008, it had some pretty long lasting effects. And I'm so glad he was able to get it under the deadline. And kudos to him. I mean, he's doing a lot of press right now. And, uh, you know, the fact that he could do that right in the nick of time, it's it's, it's such good news. Because, um, yeah, like I said, I was, I was getting a little nervous about how this was going to affect the DC stuff. And at least we know that this was turned in. And they can keep working on it, so that's that's just a great thing. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that in the weeks ahead we don't get bad news about certain projects because of the strike. But, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, and uh, and we'll see. It all depends and, how long the strike goes on for as well, though, doesn't it? Because actually the yeah. last one was major. And yeah. the big names are all, you know, including our very own Tim Sheridan's going on the, on the strike as well. So... Yeah, I'm glad they're writing comics too, because those guys they're still they're still going for it. It's not comics writers strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. And uh, moving on to other Superman movie news, and this is to me really good news is that uh, Tanishi Coates' Superman film, according to James Gunn, is not dead yet. Uh, would uh, Would you make of this? Not just the fact that it's not dead yet. Gunn's comments where. He seems as excited about this project as he is about his own Superman project. And that will shut up all the naysayers because there are so many people out there saying James Gunn killed the Snyderverse, this, that and the other. No, he didn't. The Snyderverse was dead years before because Warner Brothers killed it. Now, all James Gunn is trying to do is make a cohesive, fun, easily accessible DC universe, but without killing the side projects. Joker. And now... The Tanisha um, Coates Superman film, which was announced before Peter Safran and James Gunn even took over. And if Michael B. Jordan's still attached with the project, if we're getting a Val Zod or a Calvin and a Superman film, an Elseworlds Superman film, 
again, just like with the previous story, it just gives me so much hope that things are going to work and it's going to be a much more creator and story-led DC cinematic universe than anything we've seen before. So I, I'm over the overjoyed, really, really happy about it. It sounds like you are as well. Yeah, I think it's great news. Uh, you know, leaving that Elseworlds window open is a brilliant idea, exactly for projects like this. I, I always say that one of DC's major strengths is what they do with the characters. They're they're not afraid to take risks, and I love to see that pouring over into the movie and TV areas too, because that is really one of DC's strengths. And it seems like James Gunn knows that. And he's going to use that to his advantage. Uh, I, I've been excited about this project since it was announced. So, uh, you know, I, I hope it sees the light of day. I'm, I'm glad it's not dead. Um, and I think that this is just a, uh, a sign that we're in for some really cool stuff from the DC film and TV world in uh, in the next, you know, in the next years. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited. And our next bit of movie news is that the upcoming animated DC film Justice League War World has got a rating, and the rating may surprise people. Uh, what did you make of this? It definitely surprised me. Um, I mean, we were talking about this just last week, the fact that so many amazing characters are going to be in this film that are completely out of nowhere. And the fact that you get the Western element the violence, war world, whatever else. It makes sense to me because, believe it or not, viewers, readers, listeners, um, this animated movie is getting an R rating for violence. And, yeah, we may lose the child or more family audiences, but you know how I think, and we're of a very similar mind, censorship for censorship's sake shouldn't exist. Maybe they can do a more child-friendly version later once it's been released but the fact they're going full guns telling the story they wanted to tell again as a writer as a creative person i think they should be allowed that freedom and where they've done it in the past i think one of the previous um animated uh, suicide squad movies may have had an r rating if i'm not mistaken but it's definitely not the first time um if it enhances the story and it's necessary it needs it brilliant i'm glad that they haven't just chopped it cut it and destroyed it um so yeah i'm actually quite happy about that surprise definitely but happy about it what did you make of it yeah i think it's very interesting it makes me more excited to see it uh it's going to be edgier and uh you know a let a lot less not not that the dc animated movies are kid centric but you know you're going to get um, just just an intense story and like you said with these characters that are coming out of nowhere and, and how that's going to weave into the tapestry of having an R-rated movie I'm I'm really intrigued this this puts this at close to the top of the list of things that I want to check out you know as soon as it comes out um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm totally on board for that and interested to see see where they go and we also uh Got a look at new character posters for The Flash. That's, you know, it's coming out soon, so we're probably going to get more and more new stories as we get closer. But we did get a look at some new uh, character movie posters. So what, what do you think of these? They're great, aren't they? Of course, we have the two massive posters featuring all three characters in recent weeks that we talked about on previous shows with uh, 
Barry Allen the, as the Flash, Michael Keaton's Batman, Natasha Kaye's Supergirl. But now we've got individual posters for each one. And it seems to me like alternate takes on the really moody poster we all liked last week, where you saw them side on with Batman, the Flash, and then Supergirl at the back. Now they've got their own individual posters, but they're slightly different poses. The way that Flash is looking at the ground like, right, I'm going to get ready to, to put on a burst of speed. Batman pouncing into action and Supergirl just flying in the air, ready to swoop as and when necessary. So they're really nice atmospheric posters. And that one we liked last week above the full face on like more comic book style poster. So having each individual character in that moody atmospheric pose. Yeah, they're great posters and just adding to the anticipation. I really like them. Did you like them too? I did, but I cannot get past the Batmobile. I tried to look at the other posters, but I keep coming back to seeing that. <laughs> what a car. Oh, man, that just brings back such great memories. And it just reminds me of how great the design was on that vehicle. It's it's probably my favorite Batmobile still to this day. Um, I, just, I, just, I just love seeing it. But, yeah, I, I, this just builds my excitement after this. I... Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't been this excited for a DC movie in in maybe since Dark Knight Rises. Um, so and this just this just gets me more and more excited. So yeah, I I absolutely can't wait. And yeah, these posters were great too. And man, I love seeing that Batmobile. <laughs> and we also got uh, a little um, comment uh, from Zack Snyder talking about where he saw the future of his DC universe and how the gods connected to Kryptonians. Uh, what, uh, what was your take on this? Now, this one's weird. Um, I don't hate it, but it kind of makes sense in a way that whole, as it goes on to say in the article, the blurring of the lines between magic and science, because obviously the technology we have today, if you give it to someone from as little as 100, 150 years ago, they think it was magic. The fact that you and I can have a conversation live with you in America and me in the UK with almost zero lag and be able to record it and broadcast it for anyone in the world to watch. They would have thought that was alchemy or weird witchcraft 150 years ago. But um, the fact that he's alluding to the fact that Kryptonians left Krypton centuries ago or, or millennia ago, actually, if it's the Greek gods, and then maybe um, mated with humans. And we've already seen it with Jonathan Kent, where it seems that he has all the Kryptonian strengths of his father, but a few of the weaknesses. Kryptonite doesn't affect him the same way it affects Superman. So perhaps over the years, they did become godlike in power due to thousands of years of absorbing uh, yellow solar energy. And became gods and having that link was actually quite a clever thought and i can't believe they didn't broach that in comics years before but it's also borders the line between too contrived too neat too tidy and takes away from the magic of the greek gods and all the wonderful myths and legends that came before so i don't hate it but i don't know if i really love it either if that makes any sense um yeah it's a weird one what did you think yeah i i it's the hive mind again. Um, I'm, I'm kind of mixed. I think you're right. It does. It does make sense. Um, I, I think that it would have to be very well done uh, in the movies uh, because I think it, it's 
it may stretch too far from the mythology of the characters themselves. Uh, I, I think to the public, it might have been a hard sell and definitely a hard sell to the fans of the movie. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I Everybody looks back now and, and because of the Snyder cut, they love Zack Snyder. But if you remember Zack Snyder, I think there was a while where people didn't like him and what he was doing with the DC movies and had the disaster of Just Being Justice League not happened. I think Zack Snyder would have gotten a lot of slack for this, but I think that's, I, I think it's a cool idea and I think he'd been brave to try to pull it off. Um, I, you know, I, I wish they could, they could somehow continue the Snyder verse, maybe even in comics and let him kind of uh, explore what he was going to do. Because I, I, Brilliant. I Cause they've done it with Batman 66, Wonder Woman 77, now yeah. with Batman 89 and Superman 78. Mm-hmm. So why not? Yeah, I think uh, I think fans would love it, and I think, and, and if Zack Snyder could find the time, I think that that would be a very, uh, a very fun comic, and I think it would sell well. I think people are really curious, but yeah, I think I think overall this would be kind of a of a hard sell, but um, yeah, I guess I guess we will we'll never know unless they do bring it to comics. I guess the thing is that for a general audience, it might be a lot more palatable. But for us old school comic book nerds, we'd be the ones who'd protest the loudest. I think that's probably why I'm torn, because it's for a story selling perspective, it does make sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It does. Um, it would work, you know, and and, 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 and you brought something up, too, that it's, it's that I'm kind of curious about, too, is why didn't they try this years ago? It was a good idea. That, I mean, that that seems... That that would have seemed a great way to unite everything in the DC universe. Um, so yeah, that was kind of that seems like a bit of a missed opportunity uh, in the comics. So, um, but yeah, and with that, that does wrap up our uh, movie news. Pardon the siren in the background. Uh, we are going to move on now to Brad's move to Gotham. That's what's happening. News. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We did get some man. It is good to have an episode where we have good news. Um, and our first TV story is definitely in that category to me, and probably to you too, Steve. I'm guessing uh, Sweet Tooth has been renewed for season three. What do you think of this? Now, this story was is, is fantastic for a couple of reasons. One, because the news, as you say, is wonderful. That's as good of news as you can get. But then we get the bot from the blue is not only has it been renewed, it's actually already finished recording and is in the can and it's already in post-production. Like, what? <laughs> Amazing. So they're actually going to go ahead of the comics as far as I can make out. Um, does this mean we're going to get the third season in the comic books as well? In that case, triple good news. Um, bring it on. It was one of the most original different quirky fun heartwarming clever pieces of tv and comics in recent memory um i can't think of anything as original as this since probably fables and before that sandman and the alan moore era of swamp thing and the fact that we got the comics uh and within a couple of years we got the two seasons of tv 
it's amazing. It just shows that there is a market out there for comic related products and comic books that aren't all about superheroes. And while they're my favorite, I will love them forever. Sweet Tooth and its ilk. It just makes me so, so happy. Now we've got a Sandman TV show. Um, yeah, it's, it's just great news all around, Brad. I mean, I know that you're happy about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you brought up a good point of it. Might, you know, it's going to be ahead of the comics. And I would, I think that definitely you will probably hear news soon that they are going to continue the series. You know, when the first season came out, we got that continuation miniseries. So I don't see why they wouldn't. Now that season three is already there. And I'm just, I just love that this show was well received because I, I was just afraid it was going to get lost in the shuffle. And it seems like it, uh, like it hasn't. I, I just started the second season and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, Jeff Lemire is such an incredible writer. Um, you know, I, this, you may know, and I, I you can fill me in. I don't know uh, what the level of his involvement is on the TV show, but um, if they are going to bring it past the comics, they should really consult him uh, as he, he has some great ideas. Um, he's one of those writers that if his name's associated, I'm going to read it. Uh, and they did, they did him proud in the series uh, so yeah it, it's just great I'm, I'm sure he is involved at a producer level or at least on a um consultant level he has to be because yeah obviously there are always variations in any adaptation but it's, it's pretty damn close to the source material mm-hmm. um, yeah, so i think he has to be involved um in some way or another but it's one of those projects i mean i think you mentioned when we were talking about season one that this is one of those shows that i know people who love sweet tooth the actual TV show. And when I told them, oh, yeah, that's based on a comic, they've all gone, what? How? That's nothing like any comic I've ever seen. Because, again, they still think that the only comics you can get are either Archie, kids, family, funny stuff, or superheroes. And the fact that this kind of story exists and it's based on a comic book really has... It's, this series has got a lot of people that I know reading comics. Mm-hmm. It, it's just great to see when something like this succeeds and it does bring people into comics and now you know i think there would have been a time that if it had been based on a comic that'd be working against it and that would turn people off now it brings people to it what's based Absolutely. on the comic well, then it must be must be good and that that's pretty pretty amazing and i and i love that it's it's almost it, it, comics may never get the respect they deserve but i think they're getting closer and it's it's a beautiful thing to see and speaking of beautiful this is kind of a flicky fashion story here oh uh, yes we got, uh, we got uh a more full view uh of what the batman is going to look like in the cape crusader series we got a new poster that does show more of his uh, costume um, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but um, but what do you what do you think of uh, this costume and this look? You are our master of design, fashion, and the killer cut. But I am, I think, our resident bat nerd. So between the two of us, I think we're both in love with this poster. Let's just say that it's a vintage, classic, magical blend between the. Bob Kane, Golden Age Batman, and the Batman of Anima- Batman the Animated Series, and this is where viewers on YouTube will get a bit more out of this story than our standard audio 
podcast listeners because at this point the wonderful joshua editor tends to flash in an image of what we're talking about and this poster sees batman in a classic pose with a vintage bob kane bat ears and it's stunning look everyone who's seen the um, original cape crusader poster will know the look i'm talking about but now we've got a full body shot as if he's going to leap off a gargoyle into the night in gotham it's gorgeous um we talked last week matt reeves Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, Alan Burnett, sign me up. It's brilliant. Now, fashion guru, talk to us. You know, what we were talking about, uh, I, what I really like about it is that I got definitely a sense of the influence of Batman the Eighty Minute series, which makes a lot of sense because so many of the creative team has come back. This is kind of a, a spiritual successor to the animated series, if not a direct sequel. So I love that they're using that influence. And what better, also, what better influence can you bring in than the creator Batman himself, Bob Kane? So um, it's it's a great look. Uh, It feels retro. uh, It feels, you know, it it takes me back to the art deco-ness of the Batman the Animated Series. So, yeah, I I love it. I love it. And I'm excited for the series. Very much as well, and I'm sure you are too. And uh, definitely, our, yeah. And our last bit of TV news is that we did get kind of a synopsis of what's going to happen in the series finale of The Flash, which will bring the uh, Arrowverse to a close. Uh, what do you think of that, Steve? What I love even though I am very sad about the Arrowverse coming to an end, it's been a decade and some amazing stories have been told and some amazing characters introduced. And that's what the main excitement comes for this closing chapters of the final season. So many brilliant characters, both appearing for the first time and others coming back to see the show out in a blaze of glory. When you get that level of creativity and love for what's come before, you know how I feel about any creator that can build and give you something new, but while rejoicing and celebrating what came before rather than whitewashing it and erasing it, that's the kind of storytelling I love because it's actually harder to do. It shows that those writers are actually better writers than people who just come along and say, no, um, I'm going to make it my universe, my story, and, and that's it. So it just adds a level of excitement. It also gives you that bittersweet twang that, yes, it's ending. But um, I'd rather have a planned ending and a series coming to a natural close with a real finale than like we always talk about one season and it's cancelled before it can even flourish or become what it's supposed to be. So brilliant, really happy. I mean, what what did you make of the, the revelations that we can talk about without being too spoilerish? Yeah, you know, um, just it, you know, it is sad that that it's ending. But look at all the amazing content that we got out of the Arrowverse. Um, amazing content that would not have been possible uh, five, ten years ago in the in the way that that, that it it did it, that did become reality. Um, all the shows were pretty pretty top quality. Uh, you know, we had a little missteps. Um, which is, you know, behind the scenes drama with certain shows. Uh, Batwoman was great, but it never 
was able to take off like it could have. Um, but overall, you know, we got an amazing amount of top quality content from these shows. And that's all you could really ask for. Uh, most TV shows certainly don't last 10 seasons, let alone or nine seasons, let alone have all these other tight end shows that lasted almost just as long. So I'm happy with the level of content. And as far as it looks like Barryland's going to be trying to save the multiverse, so I'm just wondering if they're going to put in any hints or cameos of you know certain things that are down the road, hinting at what James Gunn's got planned. That would that that interests me um, because we you know we saw all the different cameos in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, so I bittersweet, but. I, I'm I'm happy that it gets to end on on a high note for sure. And that newspaper headlines back from season one, Flash <laughs> and the Red Skies and the Crisis on Infinite Earth. So it can't be a coincidence that this season is ending, this final season at roughly the same time we're getting the Flash movie. I, I refuse to believe that's some kind of coincidence. Like you said, it's tying in with James Gunn. So yeah, fantastic. Right, so great way to end our TV and video uh, content in particular. So what do you reckon, Brad? Should we talk about comics, the thing we love more than anything now? Yeah. It's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, good. Let's do that. And what a great way to start. Um, I don't know if you've seen it as yet. If not, obviously, it's going to be shared probably at some point today or tomorrow, Sunday. Um, the final uh, batch of comics for... December 30th is coming our way and included in that is DC Pride 23. We've got a sneak peek before the comic comes out as well, though. And again, anthologies. You've said it, I've said it. No one does it better than DC. What did you think of the sneak peek and what we're getting in this year's Pride special? And, you know, one amazing thing about this preview is just the, the uh, how varied the art is. And it's all great and it's from all corners all different styles it that can prove just how important representation is because look at look at all the different styles of art that we're getting with this stuff it's incredible i love the poison ivy uh harley quinn kissing on the the swing i mean that it's that might be my favorite but all of it has such uh, cool touches and you know Nobody does an anthology like DC and their pride uh, anthologies are generally among one of the, some of the best anthology books that they put out. So uh, I, I think this is something to look forward to every year. So yeah, this is, this is, it looks like they're going to knock it out of the park. Yes. Again, I love what you said, because again, you pulled the thoughts straight out of my brain. The fact that we've got, traditional comic book pages you can classic pen pencil inks and colors you get some fully painted stuff you get some cg stuff you get cartoony stuff fun stuff but the brilliant thing about all these anthologies and like you said the dc pride ones probably in particular is the variations of story and it's great stories it's character stories and like you said representation it's every kind connor hawks back who's asexual so he's not putting any sexuality in your face he's just saying that actually no that's not anything i'm into um i love to know a person as a person forget the physical side of it and uh, yeah let me kick some bad guys awesome it's covering 
every stroke. We get Dreamer back. We get a brilliant, brilliant moment with uh, Jonathan Kent and John Constantine, which to me is pure magic. You're going to love that story when you get to read it. If you haven't picked up a DC Pride anthology, pick this one up. Um, there is that um, story we covered a few weeks ago, probably a few months ago, but by now as well, actually. That looks like they're doing a deluxe edition which will collect all three DC Pride books under one cover as well. So, outstanding. Can't wait to sit down and have the physical copy because it's not quite the same digital. Brilliant. Really happy about it. Now, something else I'm really, 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 really happy about is um, Batman 900 aka batman 139 um i don't know if you've read it as yet but not only is it a fantastic ending to a brilliant story by chip starsky it's also a love letter to every batman that's ever been in any medium and one of the finest comics i've read in a long long time and hmm, a batman we thought was dead one close to your heart as a gamer isn't though we knew it it's good to see it proven what did you make of this fantastic story I always wondered how they were going to bring back the Arkham Batman. I knew they would, but this, this is a very cool idea because you know, we've talked on this podcast about how great the, um, the Injustice comics are. But I think that the, the Arkham comics kind of get a little bit left behind, and they shouldn't. I think there was some really good Arkham-related issues. And I think overall the Arkham universe is a lot of fun. Uh, the the games are to me have all been incredible, so I'm glad to see him come back. And I and I think it's cool too is that they can leave it open now for him to come back in an actual Batman game, which which I haven't played um, Arkham Knights so or Gotham Knights, so I don't know if he does come back so uh, in the game. But this leaves a cool opening for that so yeah I'm, I'm all for it and i haven't checked this issue out but i definitely have to there's a lot of cool stuff uh, going on for sure oh some very cool stuff and let's talk about it because not only are we getting the return of the video game batman lo and behold earth 789 is represented as well because michael keaton's movie batman and now the flash movie batman also returns batman 900 the gift that keeps on giving well, I think that makes perfect sense, too, because they're promoting a movie. Uh, and if you're going to bring, you know, Batman, different Batmans into it, uh, he's one of the most iconic. Uh, there's, you know, you know I, I think that Michael Keaton's Batman got a lot of people slightly younger than, younger than us really into the character. So I, I, I think it's perfect sense. And not only that, but the Batman 89 series was really good, too. So, so why good. not? you with the character i think it's a it's a great idea i'm seeing keaton getting a rebirth on screen and in the comics just just makes this particular fanboy very happy because like you said the batman 89 movie and batman the enemy series that followed it probably brought more people to comics particularly to batman comics than anything else before or since so to see him represented in this landmark issue it's a shame that you're getting all these spoilers before you've read it because when i read it i wasn't ready for any of this so i was just blown away and seeing keaton on the printed page and on the big screen it's it's just awesome it just made me happy and it doesn't end there um because batman walks away with uh, brand new gadget 
which I'm not going to talk about too much in case people haven't read this issue or the previous one yet, but a brand new costume, partly influenced by, well, of all the Batmans to talk about, 66, Adam West. You must have thoughts about this one. Confession is like, I'm not a super fan of the Adam West Batman costume. I don't like those little eyebrow things going on, um, but I do, <laughs> I do appreciate the nostalgia of it. So it's kind of fun to see, even though uh, personally from a flicky fashion standpoint, it's not it's not my favorite Batman look. But, uh, you know, and, and, and it's it's also another series or another, not another series, but another version of Batman that is very iconic to a lot of people so it's good to see that batman come back too and you know it's it's sometimes good to have a a lighter batman too i mean batman's so generally brooding and dark it's kind of nice to have um a little reprieve from that with this character oh yeah overall it's a good idea but what about the blend of the polar opposites as you can get the dark knight costume with that beautiful and actually the adam west batman utility belt is probably still one of the smartest ones one of the ones that does make more sense what what about that combo you know i like it but again uh (laughs) i i I wasn't necessarily i I love dark knight Returns, so get me wrong but i wasn't necessarily uh, a fan of that costume either there was uh, something about the bat symbol that kind of threw me off. Um, but, you know, the series was so good, you could look beyond that. Um, but I think it is, it, you know, it is an interesting contrast. Um, one of the darkest Batmans you're ever going to get with one of the most uh, silly that you're ever going to get. So I think that that's, you know, that's a fun juxtaposition uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But readers uh, viewers listeners anyone out there who's thinking which batman book do i pick up this week pick up batman 900 um yes it's the end of a story arc but the cameos the appearances and the love to the entire batman mythos alone make this book worth picking up it's truly fantastic now for our final bit of comic book news let's talk about three new miniseries that are going to spin out of the justice society comic by jeff johns and Man, this made me smile from ear to ear. Alan Scott, Green Lantern, The Golden Age Sandman. Oh, man, so much good stuff coming out. I know you're happy about these stories and the creative teams behind them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, just the fact that we're getting the Golden Age Sandman back, I can't wait. Seems like it's been a long time since we've had a really good Golden Age Sandman story. But, you know, and but you're also going to get an Adam Scott story, uh, Golden Age Flash story, uh, uh, Stargirl, and they're all six issues. Oh, man, uh, I, I love this idea. And, yeah, and, the, and the, uh, the, the creative teams are also great. Uh, and they're kind of, to me, up and coming names because I thought, you know, Flashpoint Beyond was really good and uh they, that creative team's getting involved so i yeah i i want to read all these um it, it, i i i just imagine sitting down with you know down the road when they're all out in trade just sitting down with all six and taking a weekend and just reading them all cover to cover uh what about you 
exactly what I'm going to do. I think these ones may actually be ones that I get the six individual issues for as well, though, because the character is so iconic. Alan Scott's Green Lantern, love him. Jay Garrick's Flash, love him. Stargirl, love her. Um, you know, I can't not want to read these. And then when you add the fact, we've got Jeff Johns, we've got Tim Sheridan, we've got Jeremy Adams, we've got Robert Venditti. To me, some of the finest new writers to come out in the last decade. They, none of those guys has written anything I haven't liked or loved. So the fact that they're getting their hands on these vintage, classic, golden age characters for a brand new audience who will read these and think, wow, I need to know more about these guys. This guy was Green Lantern in the 40s. This is the original Flash, and that will tie in with John Wesley Shipp's portrayal of the character in the TV show. Stargirl already killed it on TV. Her last miniseries was also fantastic. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, what a great way to finish our comic book stories. Again, our editor Joshua has knocked it out of the park with this news list. So, so happy. But, viewers, listeners, don't worry, we haven't finished. We've also got a couple of other news items. So, in other news, let's talk about McFarlane Toys, Page Punchers, and some really cool takes on the Batman family. These are Super cool. Do you see what I did there? What do you make of this story, Brad? Yeah, it, the McFarlane toys can do no wrong. Um, if uh, if I had the space and the time, I would I'd collect every single DC McFarlane toy and, and the money. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Apps, you know, I. I I love it. I love it. And once again, you know, you're, you're so many of those McFarlane toys are things you want to put on your shelf. These are more that you want to uh, let people play with. And I, and I love that. Um, I, th- I think, um, I, I think we need more of that, but yeah, the, the, yeah this, and there's such works of art. There's so much, care and love that goes into these designs uh, it's it's unbelievable absolutely McFarlane toys we've said it so many times are the toys we wish we had when we were kids but um they're here now and people who do collect action figures rejoice because you're in for a treat because even though these tiny figures are not the super poseable ones like your eight inch 10 inch 12 inch figures that you get from McFarlane they are brilliantly designed and for me the icing on the cake is each one of these bad boys comes with the comic book that inspired the look. That to me is what I love about page punches. And now if there was any toys I would buy, it would be these a, because the price point is fairly reasonable and B the free comic. And when you get Batman, Robin, Batgirl in furs, as they were fighting the frozen from a very famous comic book crossover, you're going to get totally new takes on these characters and totally new stories. Hey, and guess what? You get them with a figure, and the story itself. So it's win-win. Comic fans win. Toy collectors win. Fans in general win. It's just did, genius. Did they have the Kenner Superpowers line in England when you were growing up? Yes. That's what they had. And the Fallen have got those again as well. Yeah. And I, I, you just talking about it, I, from what I recall, didn't weren't there like mini comics sometimes included with those? Yes. 
Yeah, I, I seem to remember the Kalabak character yeah. having a comic. But yeah, and that's another thing I love about these is that it just brings back you know, brings back those memories of collecting those Kenner superpower figures. Real nostalgia, absolutely. And McFarlane's got superpowers. And again, they've done it with those superpowers figures. They've launched all the classic ones, but they've also launched brand new ones. But you can't tell that they're brand new because the aesthetic, the design and the feel of them is exactly the same as the ones we had in the 70s and the 80s. So absolutely outstanding. McFarlane toys, they can do no wrong. Absolutely do no wrong. A toy and a comic together. Genius. So now let's finish this episode with some astounding news. Hey and hey. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy, Jim Lee, one of the greatest artists ever to put pen to paper. The man who's brought DC Comics to new heights, because you and I say it every week, um, DC Comics are in a great place. And what is it you always say? It's a great time to be a DC fan. fan. Yep. Well, Jim Lee promoted DC uh, to multiple roles. It doesn't say how long for, but as far as I'm concerned, it can be forever. And well done, Mr. Lee. We salute you. Brad, what do you make of this news? Uh, I, I think it's a great idea. Congratulations, Jim Lee. Uh, he's now publisher. Uh, he, I think he's done a great job um, kind of leading the ship over these past few years. You know, uh, one of the reasons why it's a good time to be a DC fan is because the comics are such high quality. And having somebody like Jim Lee at the head of all that is important. He's done a great job. And I think, you know, as publisher, he's going to continue to do a great job. Um, we're, we're going to get some great books on the shelf. So congratulations and keep up the good work. Well said. Because let's be honest here, there are still those people out there. And it's usually the same ones who want to knock down the DC movies who are saying, oh, Jimmy's been promoted for doing a bad job. Um, what comics have you been reading? Because honestly, for the last, I'd say at least since the rebirth, DC's output has been phenomenal. Way more here. Hardly any miss as far as I can see, apart from a few errors in judgment in, in rioter choices. Um, but um, on the whole, especially the main books, Superman, Action, Batman, Detective, Nightwing, Wonder Woman, Flash. Astounding. And then the anthologies. And then all the different kinds of young adult books. DC Black Label, DC Horror, Hill House Comics. What comics are you reading where you think Jim Lee does not deserve this promotion? It's not just a great time to be a DC fan. It's an outstanding, awesome time to be a DC fan. Sorry about what you were saying. And I, and I had my doubts when Vertigo was ended and everything was mm. into yeah. Black Label. I think they've overall, they've done a great job with the Black Label line as well. So, yeah, like you said, very few missteps. I can't see any. Um, a few artists who should stick to, write, to, to drawing and not writing and a few screenwriters attempting to write comics and not doing a great job but the mainstays especially the core characters and not even just the core characters human target by tom king uh blue beetle star girl love it absolutely brilliant so i'm 
think the that Jim Lee deserves this promotion and he hasn't set a foot wrong. And who else could lead the comic division but someone who started in comics? The guy was a comics artist first. He loves the medium. He lives and breathes the medium. So good on you, Mr. Lee. Well deserved, sir. And long may it continue. And that's that. That brings us to the end of episode 175 of the DC Comics News Podcast. As always, Brad, love talking to you. Our minds are one and our passions for this medium are one. So let's tell viewers, readers, listeners where they can read your work, hear your voice and talk to you. Well, you can find me writing news and reviews, DC Comics News. I've also written some stuff for Josh's Mark with the Movie Blog site. Uh, you can also find me, I say this every week, uh, on the Harley Quinn Madlib podcast, because I hope to you know, get that back At up this up. point, maybe you and I should bring that back yeah, up. Yeah, I'm down to that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. You can follow me on Twitter at ClickyB1. What about you, Steve? Where can people find you? Every week or as many weeks as I can possibly manage on this show with Brad, with Seth, with the rest of the team, um, telling you, good folk, everything that's happening in the world of DC, but also hopefully on the Harley Quinn cast as well when it comes back. And every week on the I Am The Night show with my cub, talking about episodes of Batman the Animated Series, you can catch this show and those other shows on every single podcast platform spotify google play stitcher apple podcasts you name it we're there like us love us review us five star us subscribe tell your friends tell your enemies tell flying dogs and cats all over the world about these great shows as for myself you can catch me on twitter at el stevo or read my work by typing steve j ray or fantastic universes into your search engine of choice catch dc comics news dark night news and our sister site fantastic universes on twitter tumblr youtube uh facebook and wherever else you catch your good stuff at dc comics news on twitter at dknews.com or at fan universes but until you do something you have to remember is to read more comics, comics. <laughs> we shall return. <laughs>